Hello and welcome to another episode of the Call to Courage podcast. The original definition of courage means from the heart. And we believe that you can cultivate more courage, much like you can exercise a muscle, by doing courageous things. And conversations that come from the heart really cultivate more courage inside you that you can use as motivation to get the things done that you want in your life but also to support your relationship with yourself and the courage spills out and supports the relationships with the people that are important to you. And so I'm really excited to share a courageous conversation that I had today with a dear brother whose name is Brian Jenkins. And this conversation is really significant for me for a couple of reasons. Firstly, because over the last few months, I've been calling in invitations for people to co-create with me, either to want to be on the show or to potentially invite me to be a guest on their show. And when Brian sent me a message on Instagram and said he was focused on couples counseling and shared that he'd been on a, a really deep and transformational journey inside his partnership that led him to doing the work that he's doing at the moment, it felt like such a sweet fit with the relationship work that I've started focusing on over the last few months. And so we jumped on the call, we did an Instagram live, and that's the conversation that you're going to be hearing today. And when we recorded this conversation, I didn't at the time realize everything that we would be going through and some of the topics that we would cover. But the second reason that this conversation was so meaningful for me was hearing Brian share some of his experiences that he's been on as a partner, holding space and being there for his wife when she has been unwell and the way he's showed up stoically and the stories that he's held for himself and some of the challenges he's felt in this dance really resonated for me because I've been in a similar place with my partner, Araminta, who has over the last few years been dancing with some of her own health challenges, as well as being in a stage in her life at the moment where she's potentially going through perimenopause. And she has days where she feels fucking ratchet and she just doesn't feel like getting out of bed. She doesn't feel herself. She feels frustrated because she doesn't feel herself. She sometimes feels disappointed or pissed off because she wants to be out adventuring with me or she feels that she's potentially slowing me down or just been a challenging time for both of us. So to hear Brian share his story was really meaningful for me because it really created a place for me to be able to reflect on my own journey and to be able to hear somebody speaking courageously from the heart and talking about what he's been going through. I would say this conversation and one of the pieces that he shared around this actually opened up a small crack that had a really significant impact in my personal relationship with Araminta only three days after recording this podcast. As Minta navigates some of these health challenges that I alluded to earlier, one of the things that she's wanting to get rid of in her life and put down is her engagement and her relationship with tobacco. She's been a smoker for most of her life. And for her, it's a way to be able to relax and to be able to ground and it's something that's been with her for a while and I want to support her to put it down and I also want her to be in her power and feel that I'm not pressuring her to put it down because this is her life and her choice. And so how I show up for her and how I support her to be able to put down the nicotine habits has been a challenge, but it's very clear that with the health challenges that she's in at the moment, her number one priority is getting better and all I want for her is to be well. And so we've spoken about the tobacco and she's been working at wanting to put the tobacco down and to stop smoking. And so there's been a 
couple of conversations that we've had about her putting down the tobacco and stopping smoking. And a couple nights ago, she, she had a bit of a cough. She was also hanging out with a friend of hers and I saw her rolling a cigarette and I didn't say anything, but there was something about that cigarette that for me just felt like I was a bit triggered. And again, like I don't, it's not for me to play parent or to make her feel shame about it or at that stage, even to hold her accountable, we're having this ongoing dialogue, but there was something in that cigarette for me that just felt like, Ugh. and the reason it felt like that, because I was like, fuck man, you're coughing, you're not feeling well, you're going into a training, you want to be better, and now you're rolling a cigarette, and I was like, mm. anyway, I held this, and we eventually got into bed that evening, we went to sleep, at some point in the evening, Araminta has a dream that she felt like there was something in her throat, some plastic or something in her throat, and she sat up in bed and started coughing. And she coughed for, I don't know, maybe 30 seconds. It woke me up. I sat up to see that she was okay. And something about that coughing sp spree that she had made me think about the cigarette that she'd had earlier. This is now 2 o'clock in the morning. We've been asleep for a couple of hours already when she has this coughing fit. I get her some water. She takes some um, oregano oil has a drink of water herself and I go for a pee. I get back into bed and I'm thinking about the cigarette. I'm thinking about Minta wanting her to be better and this coughing fit. And in my mind, this coughing fit is a function of the cigarette that I saw her have earlier. Like I've sort of made that story up in my head. And I don't know what the fuck happened next, but I just burst into tears and had this huge release that I just couldn't control it was tears it was full body shakes it was yeah I, I just felt this wave of emotion coming through me and the story that it sounded like was like i'm fucking done i'm so done holding this and watching you not get better month after month year after year and then you're not putting down the cigarettes only to see you have this coughing fit and i cried and emotionally released it must have been 15 minutes and through my tears, I'm trying to explain to Araminta just the frustration that I'm feeling about this. And <laughs> it was really fucking powerful. And it was a really strong PowerPoint for both myself and Minta because for me, it was, it symbolized how much I had been holding around her being unwell. Like I'm wanting to show up, but I don't want to be in rescuer. I want to be able to support her to be well. And I also want to trust that she's having her own experience and trust that her soul is having the exact initiation that it needs and fucking stop smoking cigarettes. Like there was a part of me that was just fucking angry. And the fact that I managed to release what I think has probably been something that I've been holding, a collective holding of the, I would say like maybe it's anxiety, it's a function of frustration, it's a function of helplessness, it's a function of powerlessness. There's definitely some rage in there. There's also at the bottom of it just a deep, deep, deep amount of love for this being that I really want to be well. And she just held me and I just kept crying and crying and crying. And what she said to me at some point during this emotional release phase was, Thank you. This has been so helpful for me to see, first of all, how much I've been carrying and caring about her, but also just how much I love her. And then she said something to me, which was the medicine that I think is really 
the, the major gift that came from this, which was, I want to love myself as much as you love me. And I was like, it landed like music to my ears because I think some of the journey that Mint has been dancing with has been, as we all have from time to time, like a lack of self-love and a not being so kind to ourselves. And there's a part of me that just doesn't want her to be unwell anymore. And I want to call her to power on anything that's not aligned, that's not for her highest good to get better. And I really think the conversation that I had with Brian was really one of the cracks that opened up this potential opportunity for me to just hear his story. The cigarette rolled under the table that made me like angry. And then the coughing spit, um, the coughing fit, I would say spree, the coughing fit that she had in the night and the dream that she had, we're super connected to our dream life and just recognizing the power and magic that was just this alchemy that managed to get me to a place to be able to release all of these emotions. And I think it's it's something we're still going to unpack and journey with more, but it was really profound that this set of circumstances of Brian reaching out to me, having a conversation with him, the fact that he's been on a similar journey to me right around to this emotional release phase that I had the other evening has been such a beautiful, beautiful gift. And I'm really excited to be sharing this conversation with you. Before I jump into today's episode, I also want to share something called the Soulmate Safari that I recently created. This is a 20-minute high-powered masterclass for men that are looking to escape the dating desert and attract their ideal mate. You would never go out into the jungle without a plan or without a map, yet many of us are navigating the dating world or our personal relationships without any tools, without any plan, and just sort of hoping for the best. And the reality is, if you are in a relationship and you keep seeing the same relationship patterns or you keep attracting the same type of people in your world, it's almost impossible for you to break out of them without recognizing the three important keys that you need in order to be able to shift your relationship sort of source code and move into a new vibration to attract more suitable mates to the dating table. I'm going to leave a link in the show notes to this free masterclass you're going to meet an amazing human called Ranger G who's going to safely take you all the way through the dating jungle and bring you home safely with these three keys that you need to attract and maintain a transformational partnership without getting eaten by a crocodile. Enjoy the episode and I'm looking forward to seeing you on the Soulmate Safari. Don't we got Don't believe the lies. Brian Jenkins is here. <laughs> What's up, brother? Nice to see you. Yeah, and you as well. I'm glad we made this connection happen across the world. Yeah. Greetings from Guatemala. What's news in Spain? How things going? Oh, wow. I didn't recognize you in Guatemala. Yeah, I'm here in the Canary Island, out the coast of Morocco. So right now it's a beautiful, probably about 28 degrees, breezy, sunny, and good vibes. Is it got surfing there? Um, on this particular island, it's not as popular as a neighboring island of Fort Ventura. That's they do like the kite surfing championships, so, but they do do, do a little bit. Yeah. Amazing. Well, brother, thank you so much for making the time to hang out today. I'm, uh, I'm excited to spend some time chatting to you and, um, yeah, dropping in on all things, um, relationships. Maybe you can start with a little bit of an introduction about, yeah, who you are, what, uh, what you're focusing on in your life at the moment and, um, perhaps a little bit of your story specifically around relationships. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, you, um, asked for a lot there. Let me see if I can contain myself. I love to talk, especially about myself. Um, 
So as Garrett mentioned, uh, my specialty is around relationships, specifically with committed couples and singles who are wanting to be in a more intentional uh, partnership. And uh, really this work was inspired by my own journey of relationships, a lot of self-sabotage, um, a lot of witching um, uh, beliefs around who I thought I could be as a boyfriend, as a partner, and now as a husband. Uh, just celebrated five years ago, me and my wife. We've been together for about nine years. And in that process of journeying through, you know, for relationships since I've, I've been 15 years old, I'm just turned 40. Um, it's been, it's been a, a tumultuous one, you know, a lot where I've, I've made some decisions that I've been proud of. I broke hearts, caused a lot of tears. And that story that I told myself about the man who caused those tears was I must be an asshole. I must not be, well, um, um, meant for love. I don't know if I know how to love. You know, like I feel bad for the next woman who's going to accept me because this is just the thoughts I had in my mind. And so, you know, going through that process and recognizing that I was literally setting myself up for failure before I even got into partnership is what signaled a trajectory to really undo that, that, uh, negative self-talk and abuse, and then led me to now guiding others in the world. Wow. Yeah. So much with that. It's like, um, my reframe around that has been recognizing the parts of myself in the past that have not been so connected with myself and have caused harm in some of the partnerships that I've been in. And yeah, there's a part of me that feels some shame as I've grown and progressed and look back on those versions of myself. And I've been, you know, wow, you know, I can't believe I was the guy that did that. You know, mine was around radical honesty, like not always being completely truthful about maybe my desires or setting boundaries or something like that. But now I recognize I've really been recognizing that that's really the hero of my journey. That's the version of me that was getting me to a place to wake up and to be able to, to make different choices. But I still go back to that place of recognizing some of the choices that I've made and some people that I've hurt in my past. It's, it's hard to do. How do you, how do you forgive yourself for that? What's your process for, for reconnecting with that version of you? Man, how I forgive myself. Um, <clears throat> Right here, I'm gonna get a bit choked up because it's still alive. You know, there's parts, there's a lot of there's a lot of work that I've done um, to forgive myself, and I, I recognize that that was the number one thing I had to do. You know, like I literally had to do. There's not many two things, too many things in my life that I, say I have to do, but that was for one, what I had to do to allow myself to be a part with other people because um, I was carrying so much guilt and shame into these relationships, and that guilt and shame was greatly influencing how I was showing up. You know, so my process was going back and recognizing my my intentions right and, and in most cases when i did cause damage um broken hearts um, maybe i didn't live up to my word um, maybe i made a decision that i thought was gonna be the best intended for the other person and really i was thinking about myself if i really go back to the nothing that i did i set out and say i'm gonna ruin her life not one moment did i ever have that thought yes it's based on my patterns, the way I saw my parents live their marriage, um, what I saw on TV, my own fears, all that influenced how I showed up. But not one time that I wake up and it was, I was like dead set, I'm going to screw her over. And so once I recognized that it was not my intention at all, albeit I'm taking responsibility for how I showed up, it was not my intention. It allowed me to go through that healing process and just forgive myself, recognize that I'm an imperfect human doing the best damn job I can, um, which turns comes back around to what we talked about today. Actually, the, the tunnel we put in is the art of fuck up our relationships, you know? So I'll, 
just leave it there for a moment. I'd love to hear how you moved through it because it sounds very alive for you as well. Yeah, it's a big one for me. And I think I haven't actually read just or looked at it exactly the same way that you're talking about it, but that's also true for me. Like at no point would I ever be like, I'm going to, I'm going to try and upset this person or I'm trying to break their heart. I was often, it was wrapped up. My journey has really been around this inner polite boy. I have this inner polite person that is really, it was a sort of a behavior that was really um, celebrated when I was a kid. And it was a superpower in some ways. As I was polite and I was making sure that other people were happy, I got my needs met. I was, you know, my, I was loved by my parents, etc. It got me connected with women. But then the shadowy part of that is too much politeness and wanting to protect other people that showed up as not being able to be completely honest. And I would say to myself, well, I can feel this person, this woman wants more from this connection than I do. I don't want to hurt her. So I'm going to maybe, maybe not have the difficult conversation or maybe not be completely honest about where I feel these specific things. But I, I feel the same part, which is like, I never really did it to hurt somebody. But as I looked and grown and developed and recognized that actually the kindest thing you can do to somebody is be completely honest in all times about how you feel, about what your desires are, about when those things change, about when you can feel a, like a mismatch between what I want and what it is that the other person wants. Yeah. That's really the that's really the work to be able to to be in that place. And so, yeah, I think it's really been that for me, just recognizing what those what those moments are and just accepting and loving and, and you know if there's if there's actual work to be done whether it's in person like going back to somebody and saying hey I'm, i remember i did this i'm really sorry um actually doing that or you know you can do that energetically as well by just writing letters to people from the past and just freeing them and saying sorry and asking for forgiveness that's really been that's really been my work you know, in that last piece, you know, I just really feel compelled to to share that because I know I have a couple of male clients in particular who share exactly what you said, which is the part of what about when you can't get in contact and ask for forgiveness from that person? Like, what if it's not an option? You know, mm-hmm. and I see a lot of people get hung up on that. And I know I was one of these people as well, where for probably about a good five years after one of my previous partners, story doesn't matter. I felt a lot of guilt and shame around that. And I wanted to make it right. Well, she rightfully so cut me off she put a a thick line a very thick line in barrier between myself and her to protect herself you know that was respecting her balance you know and so a in-person you know or even a phone call wasn't a possibility for me and i carried that with me for a long time and exactly what you said i did very similar practices with having those energetic connections those releases re- uh, releases for myself and for her as well like i have no idea how she's moving through life and i'm really not so concerned about it it's just about also about just freeing myself interjecting so I can now be with at that time with future partners and then now my wife. But the power in doing that without needing to do it, because even if I speak to her, let's say I have the opportunity, there's no guarantee she's going to say, oh my gosh, Pride, thank you so much for your apology. I felt it down to my core, my soul. I forgive you. I free you. I forget everything. That's not, that's what we want to get, but that's not, may not be the possibility. She may like well again and say, thank you. I hear you, but you're still an asshole. You did this. My life's ruined because of you. And then what do you do? What do you do? You, you stay a prisoner to your emotions and still, you know? So I, I love the practice of writing that letter and just energetically cutting those times. Mm. For those of you that are watching live, if you've got any questions for Brian around uh, authentic relating, how to show up in partnership, how to keep the fire alive how to process any of your exes, feel free to put it in the comments and we'll get to those towards the end. 
Um, I want to share, maybe ask you rather, the art of fucking up your relationship is mm-hmm. the theme that you have. And I'd like you to unpack that. I'm just going to leave it with you to, to roll with what that actually means. Because it, it, at some level, doesn't sound like the type of thing that we, we want to be doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and i get that and to be fair like it, it's actually it, it that theme motto mantra actually would birth out of my um uh coaching session with the couple and i recognized you know as i was guiding them through it oh wow how applicable this thing be for me and so essentially the art of fucking up is recognizing that the expectations that we put on ourselves individually and then the expectation we put on ourselves at in partnership, how we want to show up as a husband, a boyfriend, a lover, a provider, all these things. And the same thing for the woman as well. We have all these expectations of what this is going to look like. I'm going to be this romantic guy and I'm always going to be solid. I'm going to be grounded with my emotions. I'm going to be able to hold the container of space for her where she's throwing the daggers and fire at me. And I'm going to be rock solid. I'm going to be this Romeo, right? This shining knight. Well, for me, it has always turned out that way. Mm-hmm. Right. To me, as we're talking about, there's been moments where I, I I didn't live up to my expectation. There's been times where I totally like lost track of it. Little kid came crying, kicking and screaming. He took over the the the, the show and, and things happen as the, as they do. So when I'm talking to myself and then into couples is to recognize that with our best expectation, intention of showing up to this amazing lover, we're going to mess it up based on our expectations and that's okay it is completely okay and this is also part of what i i didn't connect this phrase with my healing journey but part of my healing journey was that is recognizing that i didn't do anything intentionally to hurt someone it just happened that way it's part of my growth and i trust that part of the way i showed up aided this previous partner on her growth i mean i see i don't need to see it so if we can trust come into and have these open dialogues about what our fears are, what our what our insecurities are, what our Achilles heel is, what our dreams are, what our passions are, and understand that we may not be able to unravel this exactly the way we choose to, that we will, it will get messy. It's not a question of if, it will get messy. You will step on each other's toes. You will piss each other off. You will break each other down without trying. So if you can set, accept that you're going to fuck this up with all your heart in it, and at least, at least for me, it takes some pressure off of that perfectionism to be this ultimate guy. Like I don't lose, con- I don't lose sight of like what that vision is, but just recognize that some days I'm not going to be able to meet it, and that's also okay. Like, did I do the best I could in that moment? And if the answer is yes, cool. If it's no, I get to have a hard, honest, radical conversation with myself about why I didn't step up. Yeah, the the part for me, I think, which is which is interesting, it's like that those triggers and those fuck-ups, a lot of them only start to come with a relationship that goes deep. Meaning, you know, you often don't have these in the shallow connections. In the early stages, we're showing the best versions of ourselves. We haven't got a lot of momentum. Perhaps we haven't been on deep journeys with regards to financial stuff, you know, uh, living together stuff, raising kids together stuff, looking at money stuff, you know? And so, you know, you start out in the early phases of a relationship and new relationship energy is so easy. You're amazing, and I'm amazing. We're amazing together. That's all smooth. But then, like, everyone should be like, "No, I'm initially out of in a relationship." But then you get to like two years, and suddenly you're like, "What the fuck is going on?" Like all your triggers around money come up. You know, the person that you thought you could hold yourself in, suddenly you can't. That version of you that's like, "I'm going to be this fucking this person that's so solid. I'm just going to be 
super grounded in every every moment and suddenly this person is like wow throwing daggers at you and you're like, you i'm gonna throw these things back and you're like whoa this is about signed up for and, and i think it's the depth that comes from being in a transformational containership yes. that really allows those things to percolate and pop up and yes. i've moved a little bit in the last few years inside like uh people that are inside polyamorous or open relating containers and there's, there's a lot of stuff that comes up inside those containers, but I've also seen a few people and my partners actually shared this with me that she never really allowed herself to go deep with one person because she had the opportunity to stay with different people at sort of shallow levels. As soon as it became, yeah. my yeah. figures come up, I'm going to be like, listen, I'm going to take a break from this and I'm going right. to see my other library things cool down a bit, yeah. but you never really yeah. have the chance to go deep. And that's the, that's the challenge and the beauty of being in a transformational container where you yes. commit to one person and say, I'm fucking here no matter what. And yes. know that the longer yes. that you're in, the more it's going to feel fucked up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love the way you unpack that because to me in that, like that, that transformation of going through a situation, it, it's going to feel like a war sometimes, you know? Uh, a couple of weeks ago, like my wife and I, we were in it. Like I, I think for the both of us, I'll share from my experience, it was one of the hardest weeks I've had in our nine years together. I mean, all kinds of like, you know, deaths and rebirths were happening at the same time. I'm like throwing the towel. This is it. I'm done. This is insane. Then I'm crying. I'm saying, yeah, well, you would really step it up. And so, but in like, in committee, like really committing to someone else and really committing to your process and their process, it's going to get messy, but that's where like the rich fertile soil is, right? Like, and I think it, it you know what? I don't think there's a, a moral obligation for every partnership to come into relationship with that kind of depth. I, I don't. I think it would be amazing if we did, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's necessary. I think coming together and you both be as honest as possible about what it is that you're looking for and what you want can save a lot of that, That I guess, that, that, uh, that struggle or this tension that's there. You both may just say, hey, you know what? We're at this phase of our lives and our journeys. We don't want to go heal our ancestral wounds. We're not here to clean the path of like my father, my grandfather. Like we're not actually here to coast. If that's your priority, then go in there together and coast. What tends to happen is that there's this, there's this mashup of, of expectations, of journeys, and what I'm here to do, what you're here to do. And, and we're not bringing it together, like from a consensus standpoint, to be honest, like that's where it gets messy. But, you know, even the path of like, of, of messing this up, you know, I, I'd say that like with, with play. And also to pre- help to prepare the couples for what's going to come. Where I don't want to avoid things. Like I'm not that coach. I'm the coach. I will sniff out the stuff that you guys have been hiding, and we're going to sit each other in the room, and we're going to hammer it out, mm-hmm. right? In so much a loving way, and we're going to be tense. We're going to be triggered, and we're going to sit with it, and we're going to grow through it, right? There's other you know paths out there. That's not that has to be this path. There's other paths out there. It's a bit more surface, and they kind of heal, and they work on conversational techniques and that's fine like this is not the only path but i i do believe that i'm I, it's, it's calling in for me the couples who want to get into that transformational work for themselves understanding that the part of their wit is going to help them transform right and it's going to hurt sometimes this comes with the package you know are you saying that there's a path that you can choose where you choose not to go deep meaning you stay in partnership you keep it at a specific level and you choose not to go and do the work is that what you're, you're just saying Absolutely. Yeah, I don't necessarily recommend it. It's not my truth, but I do believe, you know, there's people who are who aren't ready for that work. And that may not be their path in their relationship. Their path may be somewhere else, you know, with their kids or with their profession. Yes. Um 
But I think we're all on the same page. Choose that. Sure. But don't you think that choice inevitably has this underlying volcano of stuff that after a certain amount of time, that stuff's going to bubble up no matter what. It's like you can choose to go have a surface level connection, but it, you're continually having an argument about the same stuff. But there's something underlying that, that at some point is going to either be a really uncomfortable or difficult shallow connection, or you need to look at the stuff. Mm. Yes and no. Yes and no. I think, I think if there's honesty around where you are and what you want to confront, I think you make you can make that conscious choice. So, for example, I have a one of my best friends. Um, love this guy to death. We've been friends, Jesus, for over twenty years now, and he is almost a complete, complete opposite. You know, he is non-confrontational. He's not going to rock the boat. He will definitely bite his tongue. Amazing husband and amazing father. Now, I don't know exactly what it is. His truth is, we, we don't. We don't. We haven't had the depth of conversation. This is not what our relationship is. I love him to death, but we don't have that connection. On the outside, speaking to him, he seemed to be quite content, quite happy with happy wife, happy life. If I can give her this, everything she wants and give my princesses what they want, he's happy in his world. He's happy. Now, I could flaunt that and say, well, are you really happy? I could say, are you is, is, are you really not doing thing like, to, to, to clean that stuff up? I have no idea. But if in his world, like for example, his mission may be to be this amazing provider and then in that way, help his wife heal through some things. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. So to me, I think it's, it's the honesty that we have with ourselves. And I actually say that with my experience as well, because I was taking on my journey of everybody. Like I was going back to him, my father's stuff, my mom's stuff, my family's stuff, like everybody's stuff, because I am the one, which that's cool to a degree. But then I need to be the savior. And I'm always looking for like these hard paths like to go on and i recognize for me productive like i'm seeing so much energy trying to heal everything i was enjoying life like i, I just wasn't enjoying so to me like now there's like i'm much more aware of okay cool this one two maybe three things i'm going after those if i have time energy and interest to go after other things great but i actually do want to enjoy this thing called life so that's beautiful so what's the let's give those listening something that can that they can actually apply. So if someone's in a connection now, whether they're five years in or five months in, how do you how do you frame that conversation to create a solid foundation that supports the container that you're in, that gets the two people to be able to decide what it is that they want to work on on the level of depth that they want to go to? How would you advise somebody on that? Yeah, yeah. The variety of ways of what, what I'll speak to internationally like and it just came alive to me a couple hours ago is to reevaluate your commitment to each other. I say to each other, but to yourselves as well. And that's going to become to me very um, clear, revealing for you if you can practice radical honesty about where you are. So if you've just gotten together at the five, the five month mark, or if you're in the five year mark, stop and just really see what you're committed, how you really are committed to show up for yourself with that person. And now I'm going to ask people to do this in a certain kind of way. So for, I'll use myself as an example. Uh, this became very revealing just a couple hours ago. Is if I say, Brian, I'm committed to being the best husband I can for my wife, to be supportive for her on her healing journey, to love her unconditionally, um, to not judge her when she's in a mood, um, to not need her to reciprocate my love. Like I commit to loving her in a way that doesn't require her to do anything extra for me. Like, that's my commitment today. If I even look back the past month and I say, 
Well, that feels like a commitment that I've been doing, you know, that I've had for since the beginning. But is that true? And for me, it's not true. It wasn't true. It actually kind of hurt because the fact of the matter is, is I was loving my wife with conditions. I want to love on her and I want to feel her love reciprocate. And there's been times I wanted to love on my wife, but then there's something that she wasn't doing for me, like, like satisfied a particular need that I had. And I felt myself with my love that I wanted to give because I didn't feel that she was getting the love that I wanted. Mm-hmm. And so that to me was very revealing about how I say I'm committed because easy to say, especially as a relationship coach, I'm committed to my wife and my relationship with myself. So just stopping for a moment and taking like checking in with yourself and saying, well, are you really letting your word? And if you're not, and this goes for men and women, that's your man standpoint of where is it that you're selling yourself out for yourself and then for your partner. So that's, that's an avenue to get in there. Yeah. Just do a, a bit of a, a stress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can share something else that I think should be maybe spoken about in the early stages. I think there's a, back to almost three phases of engagement in a relationship. There's like a, an initial sort of compatibility phase where over the first couple of months, you get to spend time with someone and see if you're genuinely compatible. Do we like each other? Can we flow together? We get to know each other. And there's a certain set of agreements and relationship sort of ideals of stuff that we want to bring to this partnership at that early phase of the relationship. And after the first couple of months when we're like, this feels good. I feel like I want to go on this journey. Knowing what we spoke about at the beginning of this conversation, that shit's going to get messy. It's now like, okay, we're doing this thing. We're five months in. What are the relationship agreements and what are we going to work on in the next phase? And I feel yeah. that part comes with, I want to just share that I've got this wound of not having a father or having seen my parents divorce, blah, blah, blah. These are my wounds. What are yours? And recognize and pre-frame what those are so that we know what's going to come up. And what the other person potentially going to be triggered about as you move into that deeper part of the connection, because after a couple of months, maybe after a year, new relationship energy is starting to wear off. We're starting to move into the place where it's like life as usual. The sexual intimacy is maybe changing its rhythm a little bit. It's not two, three times a day anymore. It's suddenly starting to shift. Does that bring up my sense of unworthiness? Like be able to put those out on the table and share what those are. I think it's a, a solid place to be able to move into the, the next phase of relating from there to just really know what those are so that you can place there and know what the other person's likely to be triggered by so that, you know, for example, someone with an abandonment wound or um, sort of an anxious attachment style, if you get into an argument, my, my attachment style tended to be avoidant in the past where I'd be like, listen, I don't want this confrontation right now. I'm out of here. That's going to be the very thing that triggers my partner. And if we don't know what those things are, that can be a hard cycle to get stuck into. I think that could also be something that could be framed in a a way that could really support a connection in those those early phases. No, Gareth, 100%. And I I love that that framing. It gives, again, gives a model to to which to go through to me to really understand, are you both committed at the same level, right? Because what I'm hearing is, and, and it, I, I really, it drives me crazy when I hear like I see some kind of dating coach and I say, well, don't be too open too soon or, you know, don't be too eager. It's like, be real. If you feel it, share that. The person either you reciprocate it or not. And so in this example, you know, I think there's, there's going to be these situations where someone's going to have the capacity, the awareness to say, hey, I want to take this to the next level. And what you're saying takes, I'm going to say a high level awareness, but a good amount of awareness to say like to open up that way. The other person may not be about that life. They may say, 
when you want to someone my wounds, I thought wounds trauma, that kind of traumas, you know? And the other person may get wounds shut down. Uh-huh. And so to me, it comes down to the opportunity, like what like the thing before, of the people who may not be ready for that. Right. People may just say, like, I don't want to go there. That's not what I want to do. Like this was so fun. You're making it serious now. But I also think the person who introduced that, frame that, uh-huh. they get to stop for it and say, huh, okay. This person's still an easy person. Uh-huh. They still make me work. I have a good time. Uh-huh. But you know what? These things are really important to me. I don't really want to go forward without having these conversations. Yeah. So you can then say, it's been great. Like, I want to walk away. Or you can say, you know what? I, I, these are important to me. So they just not now. Let's give it, let's check in a month or so. Mm-hmm. If you want to, there's a way to play this out. But I think it's, it's interesting that these, 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 I want to say levels, but these, um, for lack of a better word, levels of where we are. I agree, man. And I think just the fact that you put that out there and the other person receives it or they don't is an indication of where you want to be in this connection. And if the other person's like, well, not for me, or I don't even know what you're talking about, that is the very thing that's like, okay, maybe we don't want the same things from this, or maybe we're not ready for, or maybe we're not ready for it now. And that's okay. I love that. Thing about relationship, it's like, there is no rule book. There's no playbook that's like, okay, this is how it works copy and paste, you know, roll with it. It's like we've taken complicated, unique human beings with our own you know, desires yeah. and traumas and they're, they're going to they're gonna play out differently depending on those connections. And I think there needs to be some flexibility. And this is where the base of this is authentic communication, just to genuinely be with what's alive and feel where the match is between you and your partner. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, Gareth, I feel that so much, um, especially the last time you said it, there's no manual to this. There's, and then this, this also contributes to what I tell people where it's the art of fucking up. There's literally no manual for these two souls that have come together for you guys to make this work. Mm-hmm. And so like my program, intentionally you, it's exactly what the program is, is to create the container for you too. Like there's all kinds of books and magazine experts. Yes, listen to them, be inspired by them, but don't be dependent on their advice or their teachings to apply to your unique relationship, right? And I find a lot of people, they, it's, it takes work. It's, it's scary to be brave, bro. Like, to be honest and to open your chest up, like, in knowing that you're not knowing, like, if the person you're being there or not, it takes bravery to do that. So we want to go to the extra that says, we've been together for 50 years. We're having an amazing marriage, great sex, great riches, great wealth. So do what we do. Just follow these steps. It's like, okay, cool. Take notes. Like, read it, be inspired by it, by it, but still be willing to carve out and create your union together and be in that. And he wanted to fuck it up. And when you try to do something, she may not like it. She's going to do something. She triggers it. And it's all okay, but just be willing to do it. But some people just don't want to. They want the thing. Tell me the thing to do so I never get hurt. I never have to cry. We never have to have a tough argument. You know? like, mm-hmm. Good luck with that. Just let it be a yeah, I'll vibe in with that a lot, man. Um, share some of the challenges that you um, have been through with your wife around, like some of her health stuff and what that's meant for your connection, how you've how you've danced with that as a partner, and how it's what it's brought up for you, and how you've been able to show up or not show up intentionally sometimes where you've dropped your ball around that stuff. Yeah, yeah, there's neat. Um, so I think I'm going to start backwards uh i want to start backwards a little bit and um and this is actually this this i read right around hell week this came up this uh this awareness you know this honesty radical honesty and and part of that radical honesty around like 
commitment. It was recognizing that I was carrying this energy that I, I needed my wife to be sick. I didn't know I was doing this consciously. It wasn't a conscious decision. I needed my wife to be sick, and I was really energetically doubting if she could do it. I was doubting when she said, like, hey, I'm going to wake up with you in the morning. We're going to do all like, I have the face of like, yeah, great. And so I was like, yeah, wake up, right? Or I'm going to start eating better again. Like I've done these studies. I've got about tracks that pass the lines. So I'm like, out- outwardly saying, cool, great. In the words, like, you're not going to do it. It's not going to happen, right? And what I recognize in that is I've created, man, I've created um, uh, an identity, an attachment to being that husband, to being that man who's going to like go in with my wife and be there for her with the, the health issues, the, the hormones, the mood, everything that comes with it. You know, so what if we haven't had sex for three months? I'm going to be that husband who's not going to cheat. I'm not going to go look anywhere else. I'm going to be one to date it. You know, so what if we, if we're, you know, not acting like we were before? I'm going to be so understanding, so compassionate, so, you know, um, tuned into her needs that I want to be that guy. And there's that intention, there's nothing wrong with that intention. However, perhaps it's the shadow part of it, was I became attached to that. Because there's other person, I'm like, I didn't feel very, I didn't feel a lot of that. I wasn't feeling on my, this off my name. But at least I have this. At least I had this thing. And so what would happen if she then became well again? Where would my identity go? Who would I be? That get hurt. It hurt. And at the same time, it was an honest sort of swallow about what that was like for me and how I, how I was choosing energy. But I, I fooled myself. I convinced myself that I would never do the thing. God, I'm leaning the fire every single time. I'm taking these beatings, but I go back to the corner, I get cleaned up, and I go back in. And I was so proud of myself for that. And I still am. As we talked about, I, I didn't know if this was going to be my life. When I was 16, 17, 18, dreaming about, you know, a life, I was going to have my future wife, or when I proposed to my wife nine years ago, I had no idea this was going to be our life, that she'd have a, a large tumor on her uterus that would prevent us from having kids, that would, you know, cause it a hormonal imbalance, that would, you know, put her in, in, in states of depression, that would cause heavy visual cycles, that would make her not feel sexy, uh, sensual, not feel like a woman, not want to have intercourse with me, not be intimate with me. I did not see this coming. There was no tarot card reading that said, Brian, prepare for this. Get emotionally, spiritually, physically, energetically ready for this. There was nothing. But I was committed to making the work. So the intention behind that was there. But somewhere along the way, around the about three-ish year journey, I became very attached to that image. Very attached to that image. And it has been challenging. You know, it, has, it hasn't been easy at all. There's been many times I said, but I'm out. Like, I just don't want to do this anymore. I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. But along this path as well, it's recognizing that I don't, I can't explain it. I don't need to understand it. But I called this woman in my life. I believe I've asked for her. There's something that this woman has come into my life with this temporary health condition right now that is asking me to, to you. I've learned so much about myself, about who I say I, I claim to be, right? Like about my groundedness. Dude, you ain't grounded. Like, go back into that fire. That's how grounded you are now. Oh, you're patient now? Take that. Oh, you, oh you're loving unconditionally. This is the test for that. You know, so that has been very revealing to me, for me, 
But it's at this point now is I get to keep on coming back and just see what else is there to 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 claim, um, to be honest uh, with myself, uh, where I can continue to grow, where I continue to learn myself, and where I can continue to love for unconditionally. And the last thing I'll say about that is, and you've kind of, I planted this seed a little bit, is the truth is the sometimes the struggle I have with loving her unconditionally or without conditions is because that's part of me. It's a deep wound that I still don't have for myself. I still struggle to love myself unconditionally in these phases, in these ebbs and flows of life. Like I'm very critical of myself. I'm at the, I don't know what to do ever, look at the down. If I'm feeling down, I can easily get critical. And that shows up in how my wife moves to it. Get passed out there. Yeah. I don't know. It feels like a really. Yeah. It feels like a strong conversation to have with you because I feel like I'm in a similar place with my connection at the moment. <clears throat> Yeah, just a similar thing. Like my partner's bumping up against some perimenopausal stuff, which is playing an art and art connection. And the way you spoke there around like not feeling sexy, about not feeling adventurous, just not wanting to be what I fucking signed up for is just, yes. just not there. And I'm like, I'm deeply committed to this. And yeah, I find my work is really holding the polarity of being there as a supportive partner recognizing that she's having her own experience and that I'm there for her and not rescuing her, like not trying to fucking be around her and like show up and, you know, continually because that puts her into victim and it creates like this awkward cycle of like parent child slash, you know, rescue a victim. And it's, it's not healthy, but it brings back this part of me, the young version of me, the polite version of me that wants everybody to be okay all the time. And when she's not okay, not mine, you know, and in some ways it is mine because I've committed to being here. And so, yeah, I think we're sharing something quite similar there and I'm, I'm dancing with it at the moment. And yeah, what it looks like is less intimacy. It looks like less fucking, it's a lot more like, I don't want to get out of bed today and I'm sick again and I'm feeling depressed. And we went on this trip and like, all the things that we planned, a lot of it was like, I don't feel like going out the house today. And I'm like, wanting to, part of me yeah. can strap it on, soldier. We, yeah, let's go. And the other yeah. part is like, fuck you, I'm going anyway. And it's like, I've got to try and hold these parts of myself. My wrinkles <laughs> just lighting up every time I feel it. Yeah. And yeah, I've got to hold myself first and make sure that I'm solid before I can, yeah, really show up with, with genuine authenticity. What I hadn't looked at, and I don't know if I have it, I'm going to need to sit and meditate on this, is the attachment to the identity of being the person that's supporting this other being that you've spoken to, you know? And so I think my question is really, if not that, then what? What do you, what do you reframe that to? Like you've identified it, so what do you, what do you replace it with? Or how do you, how do you hold that part of yourself? And, um, so this is all still fresh and new, so I'm not going to pretend like I have a prepared answer. I don't, 
Um, but what feels true for me right now is coming back to the recommitment of, of who I'm committed to being. And that's helping helping me a lot. Very, very new right now. Because when I think about before, all the things like my needs, you know, my excitement, you know, it's like, yes, I'm, I'm here for this. And like, I, I'm putting myself on the back burner. I've been doing this. And this is what was caused about resentment in me in this process is in this role that I put myself as a superhero. I made myself, yes, yeah, I'm the hero. She's the victim that every time I want to step into something, I kept putting my needs and, and my emotions to one side or her, but I wasn't really doing that with all the, the purity that I thought I was like, I, I was building resentment. Like I was crying. Right. And so in a very similar space of what I'm feeling from you is how do I keep my needs intact while at the same time still want to take a stand for her? I don't have a clear answer for that right now, but coming back to the, the, the committees, the man that I want to be for her, have whatever state she's in is helping me. Because if I'm also being honest with myself, going back to these past months and even years, um, I have been really secretly wanting to create a new intimacy practice for us, but really for me. If I'm being honest with myself, yes, I should benefit that I will benefit from reimagining our intimacy. But if I'm being honest, like I really wanted to create that space because I am really missing it. And she shared she is as well, right? Um, but it's what I want. I have expressed that I would like to have some quality time to do certain things so we can share more openly. So we can, you know, understand where we are. Where's your process? How can I best support you? Mm -hmm. Why? Because that communication makes me feel safe. I see the benefit for both of us, but it makes me feel safe. And so again, when I be, when I be honest and I stop and I say, well, Brian, how much, how much, be really honest, this is radical honesty. How much have you really been thinking about her? Like really her journey, what it's like to be in her body, her experience. She's trying to be the best damn wife she can, can be for you. She didn't sign up for this. This isn't her fault. She didn't wake up one day and said, hey, I want to have a tumor now and this is it. Like that was not her plan. She's also trying to figure this thing out, right? And so if I'm being honest with myself, I, I don't really have an answer. So that lets me know not enough for me. I don't need anyone else to tell me. I don't, I don't need anyone else's assessment for me about how it is I want to be. I haven't considered enough really about what her experience is without putting mine in the mix as well. I think we're back now. All right, cool. Um, yeah. Without putting mine in the mix as well. And so again, it doesn't necessarily mean that I need to forget about myself because I'm saying, what am I, how am I committed to showing up for her? Right now, it's not, oh, her needs are more important than mine. It's okay, cool. I really do trust. I trust, I trust, I trust, I trust, I trust. That getting myself back to the line in this, this masculine energy, this protection, this 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 truth, that if I go into an approach her with more unconditional love, unconditional love. What's going on? I was back. No, what's going on? That was me. I might be me. I'm, I'm also on a small island, so let me try to get closer to the window. <laughs> um. So when I come back to to being honest about, you know, was I really being there for her as unconditionally as I can? Because not because I want to love on her because she wants to give me back. It's very few. So right now I'm in this re um remembering, right? This this rebuilding stage for me. 
bring myself back because over time I would be taking these emotional and energetic beatings that I got distracted. Is although I'm proud of how I showed up, I got distracted. So it's coming back together and saying, okay, you're right. This is the new commitment. This is the new vision for yourself and then trusting how it's going to show up for her. And so that's the best I got right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm laughing because there's so much stuff that you, that you're saying that I think is resonating with me. And I think what landed there was the same thing. I'm like continually recognizing how I'm being in this situation and how I'm being with regards to her, but I don't, I don't take the time to put myself in her shoes and feel like, I mean, obviously from time to time I do, but I think that's really the edge is to be there and be like, you know, how fucked up would this feel if I was the one going through some stuff where at a deep level, I know that she wants intimacy. I know she wants to be well. I know she wants to feel good in her body and be in the exciting blah, blah, blah that we both signed up for. And this is where we are. And so, yeah, at some level, like, I'm committed to doing it. I'm committed to showing up for that. But at some level, I don't know that I always necessarily spend enough time maybe contemplating it from her point of view about exactly how she's feeling with regards to the heaviness around this and how it's showing up in our connection and shaping our experience. So, yeah. I'll tell you this as well, you know, Gareth, for me, like, and, you know, it's for me, and I want to speak this out too, this is like on behalf of men in general, especially for the men who are really committed to doing this, is it's also around myself to give myself um, a break. Stop being so hard on myself. Because I also feel that part of when I get in these 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 moments when, you know, like I um, like I saying, well, damn, Brian, you should have known better. You should have been able to to see through, you know, her mood. You should have been able to love on her harder. Should have been able to, yeah. Again, I could have done a thousand things different or better. Mm-hmm. But again, going back to Brian, okay, look, the art of fucking this relationship and fucking my life, right? Like it's. It's in the sense of not intention, just like based on my expectations. If I was at this level of enlightenment and awareness, I, I really would be okay with everything that's happening. But I'm attaching these, these outcomes that I want to see. I'm attaching my identity to how I'm showing up as this, this guy, this mentor, this coach, this husband. I, I'm putting so much weight on how I should show up as opposed to just doing the best job that I can and trusting that the, the path will reveal itself to me. That I, it, it make, I make it harder on myself. So it's like, Brian, stop for a second, stop for a second, stop for a second, stop for a second. There's no manual to do you. Forget the manual for this marriage. There's no manual to do with this life. I, if you had asked me 13 years ago, I've been here for 13 years, been staying for 11. If I would be here 13 years ago, would I be here right now? Of course not. I would be back in Orlando, Florida with my community, doing business. I'd be like a CEO of some company, making millions right now. I, that would be my answer 13 years ago. There's no way I would have predicted this at all. Mm-hmm. Yet here I am. And would I go back to that? Would I change my decision? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So who's trusting us? If I have that same trust and awareness that I would have 13 years ago, can I stop or put a new stake in the ground for myself and say, Brian, trust the process. Mm-hmm. Trust your process. You're not going to always show up as this great integrated guy as much as I'd love to. And if you don't, that's okay. Take ownership of it. And then recommit yourself to it and then go. And then job done. Apart from that, there's nothing more I think I can do. I can stress myself out like I have been doing. I can't take all this burden and all this like lashing to myself because I'm not doing it great enough. You know, it's like I could, but I've done that most of my life. It just hasn't been effective, you know? Um, so just for all the men out there, again, watching live or watch the replay, 
grace for yourself. And I know we're not good at that. I'll speak for me for sure. I'm definitely not good at that, but grace for yourself. Like stop and recognize the badass job you are doing. Like seriously, like recognize that you are stepping in. Recognize that there's no manual for this, that this is the best job that you're doing. May not be perfect, but you're committed to it. Like really like big yourself up sometimes because I often times I feel like, oh, my wife can big me up sometimes, you know? And that's nice. But what if she's not in the mood to do it? Do I then, do I then succumb to like feeling like a, you know, like a little pissy? Or do I say, I don't, I don't need her to be great to hear it from her, but I actually don't need it as well. I can sit back and reflect myself and do a damn great job. Yeah, I resonate with that and I feel the same with some of the men that I work with. You know, we we can be really hard on ourselves and I don't know whether it's like a collective agreement or something that was modeled or something in society, but we have the sense of like we need to be always doing better, you know, whether it's in our marriages or in our businesses or whatever, there's this continual drive to just can improve, you know, and I notice it in my own behavior, you know, in my connection, can I be better? You know, can I listen to more podcasts? Can I ram another, you know, bit of knowledge inside my head to continually grow and Yes, it's amazing, and it can be, it can be exhausting. And yeah, and when you're exhausted, you can't show up fully for the things that genuinely are important. So, resonating with that so much, bro. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just a quick question I have for you. The last part you just said right there, because I've also shared that, and I find myself like stop listening to so many podcasts and ebooks all the time. So for you. Because actually, I do remember now going, because you, you guys have this amazing project in Guatemala. They remember now watching the videos of that being built. So kudos to you for bringing that vision into it. It's coming back to me now. Um, so as you create this beautiful space, I remember some of the vision, the intention that your partner has, you and your partner have for this space. What are some of your practices now of like your self-love practices, um, self-acceptance practices, um, trusting that you're perfect the way you are right now? that prepares you to bring that same gift, magic, and medicine to the men you help as well? Like, what does that look like? I think at the basis of it is what we've discussed earlier on in this in this conversation, which is, for me, I think the only, the only work for me to do is self-love. And I think that's the same for all of us, you know? Because mm-hmm. anywhere where you move into partnership or projects or anything without complete love and acceptance of self, there's always like a, a projection into the other that you need to show up somehow differently because I'm not okay with being me. And so the self-love practice for me is really it. Like, I think that's all of our work to do, recognize that we live in a world that through conditioning, programming, imperfect parents, expectations, we have wounds and those are those are our work to, to carry. Some of us have got huge wounds, but I don't think, I don't believe that we're given more than we can handle. And so I think mm-hmm. the self-love practice is really it. Um, yeah, my my regiment is really like something I call the first four percent, which is really the power hour that I dedicate to myself, based on this concept of me, we, and the, meaning like mm-hmm. concentric circles going out, and recognizing that at the beginning and the center of this is me, and that if I'm not stable, the idea that we, this, the mm-hmm. then circle out from me, which is family and partnership, if I'm not fully solid there, I can't show up fully for for the family or my partner or my direct my direct community and then these the greater experience you know the the whole the, the work that we're putting out into the world and again you know yeah. i see this and i think i do it myself sometimes when i'm not my best version of myself we wounded but we're going out to go and save the world and it often looks messy and it's like you know continually rescuing and pointing fingers at everything that's bad and it's like when we 
you can't go into the, sorry, when me isn't stable, you can't go into the we or the the. And so the first 4% for me is a combination of things like breath work, cold plunge, moving my body, meditation, um, uh, a self, a self intimacy practice, a self measuring practice where I am cultivating and activating my sexual life force with myself, even though I'm in partnership, which brings me to be the perfect lover that I want to be with myself. Because again, if I'm not desperately in love and self motivating in my own practice, I move into, and I outsource my pleasure to my partner. And then a lot of them that I work with do this. It's like, my wife's not giving me love. Okay. How's your self-love practice? What do you mean? Like, we're not even taught this stuff, but the idea that I can come self-activated to my partnership at the basis of that is recognizing that it's not my lover or my wife's partner responsibility to bring intimacy to me. I need to show up there completely self-activated and it's her responsibility to do the same because then you come from a place of completely full. So those are some of the practices that I cultivate. And at the basis of that is really just falling deeply fucking in love with yourself, including the part of yourself that are messy where you didn't show up fully, where you've dropped the ball, where you didn't get the deal, like all that stuff. And so, yeah, I think it's all, it all starts with that. And, and in some ways I've also noticed think everything has this like superpower and then it sometimes gets to a place where it becomes a shadow and so i think for me there's a part of me which is like part of it as well is recognizing that you know sometimes i'm not gonna fucking do my morning routine because i just don't feel like it you know and there's my drill sergeant you the being that you can be da 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 but it can be fucking exhausting and it's like today i'm gonna take a break i'm just not gonna do that well i'm gonna go for a walk instead of lifting heavy weights because that's what my body feels like and so that's also an act of self-love the recognition that it's not yes. always like driving and continually pushing and it's a life of polarities you know you have these two parts that are continually then you've just got to dance through the middle way of recognizing that it's that it's both the hard commitment and it's also the sudden comfort of holding and loving yourself in. yeah oh i'm digging that so much i'm i'm, I'm actually going to use that I, I love the um you know the simplicity of the uh the me um, it raises a lot with again a similar path like my wife and I. You know, we're, we 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 both know or we believe that the the fact that the universe stopped us from having kids or never gifted us kids was for one of that reasons to allow us to serve on a different kind of level, right? Because we're both into this kind of work, and, and the fact of the matter is, is not having little kids to take care of our own kids does free us up to do more, to give more, to be more energetically available to the people, right? Um, so what I'm curious. For, for you and I'm thinking about because I am I'm now I got I've seen the movie of the, the making of what you guys are and I'm hearing the little bit of struggle that for you you know in this you know, the, the support of, of of being with your partner at this phase something about your circles now and I guess I guess it's a, it is a bit of a challenge like going back to and it's all gonna make one one big circle of like the artifact of relationship and not having a guidebook and so where you two are at right now like in the the we to then go out there and to 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 serve the the if you would just share more about that and still be because to me i still see the beauty in it may not be firing exactly how you have this envision right now but i still see so much power of of moving through it do you know what i mean like because i think some people may hear this like oh so until the we is like solid then we cannot do these things that almost sounds like perfectionism to me like and I don't want to project my interpretation of that on you. So I'm just curious, like how you see your guys self in this we phase right now, 
and then still being able to go out and serve the V. And yeah, I'm just curious about that. Thank you. Beautiful question. I think there's always work to be done. I think, you know, there's a continual improvement of me on an ongoing basis as there is a continual evolution and development of the of the we, which is maybe in partnership, but we could be also for a single human being. The the we that exists for that human might be your company or your family or something else mm. like that. And so I think, yeah, if your home mm. last if your home life is threatening power, it's very difficult to go and serve your mission out into the world because there's just continually leaking energy in uh, in the we part before you even say the Yes, what it is that you want to bring to the world. Um, my partner is has been serving her mission prior to us even meeting in um, transformation in an organization called IFTA, the International School of Temple Art. And journey together feels like serving it, showing up and supporting couples in in their journey. And we we're playing with the of what that could look like you know maybe some in-person stuff we're going to do some online stuff and yeah it's an ongoing process but recognizing that if it's fall down always fall to another step or so at any point i'm out there trying to save the world but i'm not it of myself i've got it to my first four percent which is that power up that gets me solid so that i can show up fully with my partner to be able to show up only to share my mission but it's definitely not perfect but it is recognizing that it's like building blocks that allow you to get there and without a strong foundation that starts with me it's difficult to do yeah yeah um i just want to if you mind if i if i just pour into you just give you some water yeah all right just where are you from originally johannesburg south africa okay sweet no, I'm just thinking about again that these just the parallels of you know both of us leading our own way, starting a new life in Latin American countries, fantasy countries, and I just want you to know that I see the work and the effort. And I find it very inspiring, you know. So I don't see a lack, although your inner dialogue may be different. It's truth be a solid homeway of being able to go out there and serve, but you being open to share that part of your journey, like even with someone like me on the outside. It's inspiring to me, you know. Um, so if anything I, I could I can say you didn't ask for is again to be graceful to yourself because here in the process to hear your struggle and your innings about how you're moving through it, it fills me up, man. Like I don't feel so alone. Because sometimes I don't know how you feel, sometimes I feel like a lonely what path I'm on. You know, if it's only just me, like why am I doing this? Like why am I doing this? What's the point? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so just thank you for continually in. Thank you for being open. Thank you for still manifesting your dreams, you know, with everything going on and still not losing the scale. And just thank you for sharing that with me and my, the world, man. I appreciate it. Thank you, brother. And I, yeah, I've gleaned so much from this conversation. And I think, yeah, when you reached out to me, I had been calling in invitations for co-creation with people. Um, my, my human design is as a projector and I'm best when somebody reaches out to me. So when I received your message, I was like, ah, this feels good. And yeah, the hour that we've been jamming here feels powerful, vulnerable, and like what I came to do before. And um, yeah, my my podcast, the Call to Codes podcast that this will go on to, is really the recognition that the original definition of courage is to speak from the heart. And I think a lot of men end up in their heads. Thank you. 
Peter's driven by my eros and my desire for the sea, but really the, the union of these two is in the heart. And I think the ability to be able to speak from the heart is a courageous act. And yeah, brother, I feel that in, in what I've seen in your work and how you're showing up in the world. And I just want to honor the journey that you're on. And I think, yeah, I've gleaned so much just from this conversation and what I've seen you doing and yeah, honoring you too, brother. Thank you. Yeah, I received Really receiving it. You can say receive it, but they're letting that go real deep. So I'm going to really let that sink in. <laughs> uh, in. In wrapping up, I'd love you to just share what you're working on at the moment and where people can get hold. Anything that's, uh, that's a last video I creating either in the relationship space the men's work space. Feel free to, to rip a little bit on that. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, it's coming at a perfect time. I was just speaking to a, um, a coach of mine helped me organize all these ideas I the flagship um, program that I have for courses uh, called Intentional Union. Um, it was, is a is a one-on-one uh, container for couples that starts at six months, and and, and essentially the process is in the name. It's really been get within the So whether you identify with marriage or partner, um, it's building it from the ground up. It's getting to recognize some of the we have the challenges that we have, the fears we have, our dreams, our passions, our desires. And building a container for each couple's the beads that they're calling in. Um, so the the spinoff of that is a, is a group container program that's about actually launching in next month. It's three uh, three months long. It's based on the same principle, but then allowing couples to create with each other because also, as I share right now, sometimes I think in, in a partnership we can feel world. Like we're the only ones going through this experience, you know? And so creating this safe container, we can learn to be inspired by each other. Here, my wife's voice coming from another woman's mouth may allow to unlock something in me that I haven't been mm-hmm. hearing because I've still through it now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so the, and so the other part that comes into that is there's a track for women called Awaken the Goddess and there's a track for men called Made Unshakable. And these two also are preparing both men and women to really get their truth, their authenticity, to understand their wholeness, their completeness, getting into partnership, right? And so the whole idea is to come back to recognize where we are, to, to love ourselves, to completely accept ourselves, to accept that we're going to fuck it up based on our own expectations. Whole, complete, worthy of love, worthy of bliss and all. And so for any questions you have about either, find me out here on Instagram, uh, drop me a DM. Find my email, she an email. Happy to um, see how those programs could so that support you on your journey. Amazing, brother. And um, yeah, for me, I've got a, a similar container starting specifically for men that are wanting to be in partnership. It's called From Solo to Filmmate. And um, yeah, the details for that are actually starting on something that I've created called the Soulmate Safari, which is a, a free masterclass that's basically a how to navigate the dating desert and attract your ideal mate. And uh, I just launched it yesterday. So I'll include that in the show notes as well. And yeah, I think if you want to have another conversation at some point, I feel the topics that we touched here are, are deep and then mm-hmm. you can expand into. And um, I just want to say thanks again for reaching out. It's been, it's been an honor spending time with you, brother. Yeah. Yeah. Likewise, likewise. Just before we, we wrap up, I want to put this last intention out there because I heard you you and your partner calling in in person face. And um, I'm actually working with a buddy of mine in Belize about doing a couples retreat sometime in the new year around January. 
not too far-ish from Guatemala. So maybe we could do a double up trip. Let's just put that seed out there. End of January, beginning of February. You know, amazing. No, 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 no pressure. Yeah, man. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm I'm very keen to go create. I feel I feel a resonance with the with your journey, and um, yeah, I'm I'm receiving that. Adios, nos vemos. Nos vemos, amigos. Mucho gusto. Much love. Chao, mi brother.